Hey there, and welcome to the Just Keep Blogging podcast. I'm Kim Anderson from KimAndersonConsulting.com, and I'm here to give you a regular dose of blogging adrenaline. Hey there, I'm back back and better than ever. (laughs) So you can stop sending the emails. (laughs) I've gotten so many emails in the past few months, like, where are you? Are you going to make another podcast? Where have you gone? Please make more podcasts. I've listened to all the podcasts now five times. Um, And I appreciate all the messages. It's very encouraging to hear from you guys, uh, because it helps me just keep blogging um, to hear, you know, that people get help and they get support from, you know, the efforts that I make here. So I appreciate you guys. And uh, I'll be transparent with you. Like I sat down to start this episode and I was on the struggle bus a little bit about what I really wanted to talk about and like how I wanted to kind of come back into this and like what's a good strong topic to come back into this with and I've got like 50 post-it notes all over my desk where I've been brainstorming and really what I decided on um and got really jazzed about was this idea of taking ownership and how I feel like taking ownership of your business is super important to its level of success and what it does and just sort of like owning the decisions that you make owning what you decide to do. And it would probably make sense for me, given that, uh, you know, we're kicking off this, this episode about really owning your business to really talk about that journey for me this year and how that's looked. Um, and kind of owning up to the fact that like, yeah, there has not been a podcast episode out in a minute and I'm owning up to that. And I'll tell you why. So for me, um, I'm a person who, has to make trades a lot of the time. Um, and I make very strategic trades. And in this case, uh, with COVID and quarantine and barely any ability to record <laughs> in the quiet, um, a lot of the time I had to make some decisions about like, how was I going to spend my time this summer? And I'm really excited actually, because probably for years, like probably for two years now, I have had a desire to really focus a lot of energy on creating tools and resources and a particular program for bloggers that is like in-depth, very focused, very on point, and very supportive, which I know is like super vague wording, but um, I pretty much spent the whole summer building out this new program. Um, and I haven't released it yet really publicly or anything because I still have a few more pieces of the puzzle to put in place. And I'll be telling you about it in the coming weeks. I'm very excited about it. Um, I've been trying to build up resources that will support you guys, uh, based on your kind of unique individual, um, personalities and things like that. And so I'm super excited to talk about those things and I'll be digging into those in the next few weeks and talking more about them and, I'm really excited to get a lot of these new freebies and things in your hands that I know are going to really help you on your journey, um, help you just keep blogging, help you not give up, help you understand yourself better, help you understand your business model better. But for today, we're talking about taking ownership. And so I have to own up to the fact that this summer, 
as a business owner, I made decisions about leaning into creating, writing, and producing educational materials for bloggers. And that was what I spent most of my time doing uh, between coaching and that, like just leaning into those things. Because if I didn't just make that choice, if I didn't own that decision, if I didn't own that avenue and say, this is what I'm going to do, I would have kept putting it off indefinitely and having this feeling of stress in the back of my mind, knowing like, I know what I need to do, but having this excuse that I don't have time. So instead of continuing to make that excuse, I made a trade and I'm going to own that trade. And that trade basically put everything else that I do on hold so that I could do that. And so that when I did come back, I would be able to bring you guys support and materials that really do help you on this journey towards success that you're running towards. So I have to start by saying I need to own up to that um, and to tell you that's where I've been. And it's it was totally worth it, 100% worth it. And I had to make that decision for myself. So let's talk about the different things that you may need to take ownership of in your blogging business to help you continue to see growth. So number one, some of you guys really need to take ownership of your voice. Uh, so many people I know spend so much time really like trying to look at other blogs or look at other people or look what other people are doing or the way they're doing things. And they get into paralysis of analysis because they're so busy trying to emulate somebody else's way of doing blogging, you know, and the way that they approach their writing style or the way they do things instead of being like inspired by it, they're crippled by it. And really what it does is it makes them feel not adequate, not good enough, like they won't be able to do that. Um, and I want to remind you guys, like, there are so many people out there that you may look at and in the back of your mind, you may think like, man, like they're super successful. They've got this blog. They're doing all this stuff. But it's not like, you know, they've got their Google Analytics public to anybody, you know, so you're out there comparing yourself to who knows who. And you don't even know really, like you don't know specifically if they're successful or not successful or if that's really the best way to do things. Because I don't believe there's a best way. I believe that there are a lot of different ways. And I think sometimes people need um, direction and they need help and that sort of thing. But if you're trying to be someone that you're not and write in a voice that's not you, that can be a real struggle. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of people who go into blogging who have a technical writing background. And so writing in like a conversation tone is just so hard for them. And it will take practice, but it doesn't mean that you can't have like technical parts of what you write about and you can't ask for help if you're that person from people that you know. Um who are not technical writers, who might be stronger creatives or something, who can help you develop those other parts of your content, you know, so that you don't feel like such a robot maybe when you write or how hard it may be to write. Um, so I know that everybody kind of runs into these unique situations when it comes to the voice that they write in. But, you know, the nice thing is, guys, we're not in middle school anymore. <laughs> we don't have to worry really about what other people think about us. Like you should be able to just be you, you know, just write in the voice that makes sense for you and go for it. Own it. 
This is my voice. This is the way that I write. You know, I have a lot of people who are scared to start writing because they're terrible spellers or they're dyslexic or all these things. And I tell them, like, you're going to have Internet trolls who may come along and leave like a mean comment. Um, I had somebody once tell me, like, I can't believe you have a college degree, you know, and I was just like, okay, whatever. Boohoo. So (laughs) you just have to get over it and know that these are like random Internet people who just don't matter in the grand scheme of your life whatsoever. Um, but if you think that you're going to have like the grammar police hitting you up every 30 seconds because you misspell something, it's not true because think about how you consume content. I mean, some of you guys are going to be more type A, so you might read whole articles, but a lot of people online are literally just skimming, like literally just skimming your content. And they're never even going to see that misspelled word or that that thing's backwards or that you use the wrong word or use the wrong spelling or the, whatever, whatever it is, uh, so those are things like when you're when you're trying to be successful with blogging, owning your voice is super important and just do it like just get over it. I mean, that's the point. Each blog is completely unique. It's just like a fingerprint. Everybody's different. Everybody has different approaches to the way they write things. It doesn't matter if you have the same niche or the same you know, topic as somebody else. You're different because your voice is different and the way that you write is different and the way that you think is different than a lot of the ways that other people do it. And that's what separates you. And you can just live in your happy little lane of voice, whatever that is, do it and just stop comparing yourself to everybody else. Like it doesn't matter. It really does not matter. It does not change anything. But what does change it is when you own it, you own your writing voice, then you start writing and you start writing with confidence and you start writing faster and you start writing better and you start getting more writing practice and you start putting out more content and when you put out more content you grow your traffic and it's this triple of this trickle effect of just okay I started by just owning my voice and now look at me like I've got momentum baby let's go all right next is own your ideas so this is such a curious area for me because I am a very high creative person Uh, I'm also like super entrepreneur and I would say 99% of the time I am a person who not just needs to own my ideas. I probably need to tame my ideas (laughs) and I've gotten better at that over time. And that's why I always joke with you guys about having like your idea parking lot, which is just a piece of paper that you can have nearby where you like park all your bajillions of ideas that, that might just, uh, derail you, but you can park them somewhere and come back to them later. Um, but for a lot of us, like especially women, to be honest with you. And I'm going to talk about this. And if there's men listening, sorry, you're gonna have to deal with it. Um, (laughs) I know that some of us who have had career experiences um, with men or women sometimes have a hard time owning our ideas. Because in a lot of job settings or corporate settings or whatever, Uh, our ideas were often rejected or not taken seriously or whatever. And when you get burnt enough by sharing your ideas, then a lot of times it makes this almost like deep rooted acceptance or something like that, that your ideas aren't good enough and that you shouldn't, you know, that they're stupid or don't make sense or whatever. And Um, My husband and I have a phrase that we call the no bad ideas zone, right? Where when we're in conversations, I'll say, okay, this is the no bad ideas zone. I'm going to throw this out here and you tell me what you think. And he's allowed to say, eh, I don't, I'm not digging that or whatever. 
or he's allowed to go back. We'll have like a back and forth conversation about that or whatever, but nobody is really allowed to really like shut that person's idea down. We just discuss that idea. And then that eventually evolves into like what's going to be the best idea. And so when you think about something that you think might work, I want you guys to really own it. And even if it seems like outside the, you know, box or whatever, like you need to start somewhere. So own those ideas that you come up with, write them down, um, marinate on them, sleep on them. I think one of the best things that like one of the best ways for you to really like work on owning an idea is to work that idea out, like write it down, think about it, put it on paper, work through it, sleep on it. Sleep on it is always very important because for a lot of us who are entrepreneurs, we get very excited by new ideas. We get very um, jazzed up about new, whatever it is, it's new. And it can make us be impulsive sometimes, like where when we get this idea, it's like we immediately want to act on that idea. We immediately want to go do it. And it doesn't mean that you can't do it soon. I just want to say that one golden rule of owning ideas is to sleep on them so that when you wake up the next morning, you can see if you still feel as excited about that idea as the day before. And if so, then you can lean into it. But that bottom line of sleeping on ideas is an important variable of owning your ideas. Um, so if you are a person who in the past has really has a little bit of idea baggage is what I'll call it, like where a lot of times your ideas are shut down by either a boss, um, boyfriend, dude, parent, dad, mom, anybody. Uh, like I'm looking at, um, I was laughing the other night because we were watching uh, Despicable Me for like the millionth time. I think it's Despicable. Maybe it's Minions. One of those movies, basically, I think it's Minions, where you see um, Grop or Group. I don't know. I'm having a brain something. Your kids, if they're listening, will yell out his name. Um, is it group? Anyway, group, group. <laughs> no, that's from another, that's from the other movie. The Disney movie. Anyway, that guy that's in that movie that Steve Carell does the voice for. Um, you know, like you see him interacting with his mom when he's young and she just is like every idea. She's just like, just terrible feedback, right? And... That kind of stuff does play into your psyche. And so I want to encourage you guys, like you are an independent human being and you have ideas. So don't let anybody else really shoot those ideas down. Like you own them, you work through them, you sleep on them, and then you pursue them if you still feel passionate about them. Uh, because that's really how like big things are done in the world is people have ideas they're not afraid to pursue. Um, but I just want you to keep that in mind. All right, next, own your authority. This one's really hard for a lot of people because they feel like authority has something to do with a degree. They feel like authority has something to do with education, to do with something that you don't have. <laughs> and really, authority is really about confidence. And it's about being willing to do the work to... Um, share information about topics and things like that. So I think when people hear the word like, you know, you know, you're, are you an authority on this topic? And they're like, no, I just like, I'm just a stay at home mom. Or like, I was just a teacher or like, they have all these 
I was just or I am just that kind of follows questions about authority and you got to throw those out like they are irrelevant. Authority is about competence. Can you sit down and write a post that helps someone be able to do some task and that, you know, can you write it strong and long and, and helpful and all these kinds of things like being an authority on a topic doesn't mean that you know, you are going to be smarter than or more successful than like the measuring stick is not about that. The measuring stick about being an authority is something is owning it, writing about it and doing that well. You know, if, if you're a person like for me, for example, like I have a thrifty lifestyle blog. So I've written about like saving money, all those things. I'm not a CPA. I, I don't, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not looking to be any of those things. But my life experience of being able to pay off $93,000 in debt in under two years on one income gives me some ability to talk about authority. I mean, to talk with authority. And then I know some of you guys, like when I talk to different clients and stuff, they say, well, I don't have really a success story to share. Like I'm really in this messy middle of this and all that kind of stuff. That's another place where I just see repeated people who say, well, I'm in the middle of this. I haven't overcome it. Therefore, I'm not really an authority. And you can be an authority on going through a process of learning how to do something. Uh, like a perfect example of this is Tim Ferriss. Okay. The guy has built like his whole platform on like, like self-experimentation, right? Like four hour chef, all that stuff is all built on him being like, I want to learn how to do something and I'm going to track my progress and I'm going to teach people about it or whatever. It's perfectly fine. When you're a blogger, you can come from different perspectives. You can come from the, I'm going to come alongside someone. You can come from the authoritative perspective because of your education or background. But one thing I want to point out, um, you know, and I point this out often to people is be, you know, being an authority and coming from an authoritative voice doesn't mean that you've naturally had that experience. And you may be like, what are you talking about? So for example, there are people out there, like you could have a, um, OBGYN who has never had a baby, but is still an authority on having babies. Are you getting me? <laughs> like there's plenty of them who have never had babies but they can still talk about it authoritatively. <clears throat> so that's like one of the best examples that I can give because, you know, in some cases you're going to be a person who's a professional writing about something, even though you may not have ever had those exact life experiences, you can still talk about them because of your uh, education or your background. And then you have people who are going to be writing about something because they're currently experiencing it. And then you're going to have people who are going to come alongside and say, been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. Now I'm writing about it. And so, you don't have to be put in any particular author box, you know, for that kind of thing. Like you can choose how you're going to be an authority and all you have to do is really own it. I mean, the bottom line is just owning that you are being confident that you are. So when you think about the word authority going forward, it can mean that you're an expert on a topic. But for a lot of you guys, I want you to think about it more as I'm going to I'm going to be confident. I'm going to be confident in what I'm doing. I'm going to be confident in this blog and what I'm writing about, what I'm sharing. Because confidence 
is what helps you write authority with authority. Another great example of this, I like to use Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn never, ever, 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 ever has owned or operated a food truck. He has never, ever, ever been a nighttime security guard. And yet he has built a business, um, two separate websites that teach people how to have food trucks and another website that teaches people how to be a nighttime security guard because he was willing to say, hey, what I'm good at is research and putting together all these pieces so that these people who are going to go start this thing don't have to do that on their own, right? So it worked for him. And he's not a person who's ever done either of those things. And if Pat Flynn can do it, you can too. So there's my thoughts on authority. All right, next, own your weaknesses. I'm going to pause on that for a second. Own your weaknesses. You are not a superwoman or a superman, depending on who's listening. Uh, you can't do everything well. I am not a numbers person, just not. I don't enjoy analytics. I don't enjoy spreadsheets. I don't enjoy like conversion rates. I don't enjoy any of that. I tolerate all those things. Uh, I get excited when they're moving in the direction that I expect them to go in. Um, but that's not my strength. I mean, my strength is creativity. My strength is ideas. My strength is uh, organizing information so that it can be consumed. My skill set is education, uh, communication. Like those are all my skill sets. But you start asking me to talk to you about like how to set up Google Analytics or how to interpret data or how to get code for this or this situated, and then I'm just going to glaze over because I I'm that's I can't be everything. I can't be all things to all people. And as a blogger, you're going to have weaknesses. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay if you have problems spelling words. It's okay if you're dyslexic. It's okay if you suck at photography. These things can all be made up. There's all these tools out there that will help us fill in our areas of weakness. For me, I have somebody who does my tech stuff for me. Like I just hand that over to them and I don't have to worry about it. Uh, my husband is in charge of my business accounting because I am not going to do it. And I've had, you know, bookkeepers and things like that. He really likes to do it. So I just let him do it. So I don't have to be all these things. And I'm going to own that I have weaknesses. And if I own those weaknesses and I'm aware of those weaknesses, then I can come up with tools and techniques that can help me overcome what I know that I'm going to struggle with. And instead of feeling like a failure all the time or feeling like I should be more organized or I should be ahead on content or I should be this or I should be that, I just ditch the shoulds and say, you know what? I am who I am. Uh, I know what I need to do. So I'm going to set up a way for me to be able to do it. I'm going to remove expectations that aren't realistic. So if you need to go listen to my episode about who's making up these rules, that would fit in good right here. <laughs> Not going to go on that tangent right now, but a lot of stuff that you're dealing with may be ideas that uh, you are putting on your own self don't actually exist. So own your weaknesses. Next, own your strengths. Lean into your strengths. Have fun with your strengths. Do it well. Those are all super important variables for people who are successful at blogging because they say, I'm weak here, I'm handing it off, 
I got strengths over here. I'm going to lean into these things. I'm going to develop these things. I'm going to work on these things. I'm going to practice these things. And by operating in my areas of strength and not constantly trying to overcome weaknesses that will never be overcome, probably, uh, I'm going to thrive. Next is own your topic. A lot of people, you know, that I talk to just are constantly on this struggle bus of just they wake up every day, they go to write and they constantly second guess themselves on the topic that they're writing about and all these things. Your blog is a process of practice and to be honest with you, evolution. You are going to practice, implement and do the things until it's time to pivot. But you're never going to know when you really need to pivot or when you really need to make changes until you've practiced and you've worked through that process. Like working on your blog topic and what you write about is something that so many people, I think, just get so stuck in. It's one thing if you have come out of the gate knowing exactly what you want to write about. Like if you already have an expertise, like if you're just like, I am obsessed with knitting and my blog's going to be about knitting, right? Like that's easy. But I know so many of you guys who have lifestyle blogs or any of those things, like sometimes you're on the struggle bus because you're just like, what am I actually writing about? And part of that is because you have people and voices in your life, online, podcast, whatever, books, everything. They're like, you need to know your avatar. You need to get clear on your topic. You need to do all these things. And yes, at some point you do. But right now, if you're really struggling This is not your decision season. This is your experiment season. And this is where you work on your topic and you think about your topic and you give yourself freedom and flexibility to write about the topic that you feel you want to write about. And if you get into it and you're like, I hate this, then pivot. But there is no super expectation on you at any point because you have to own this business and this blog as your own. It is yours. You are in charge. You make the decisions. You do the work. You see the outcomes. Everybody else is just external voices. And I've told you guys before, you have to limit the voices because that is where so much confusion and so much paralysis of analysis comes in with blogging. So it's okay. Just take your topic, own it, work on it, work through it. But you'll never grow unless you're willing to tackle it head on And just work through what you're writing about, putting out content, seeing how it does, testing the waters. And just because you put out a post that doesn't go viral on Pinterest tomorrow, remember that across the board, when you put out a piece of content, it's going to take months usually for that content to take off. And when I say take off, I'm talking about from the perspective of search, Pinterest, sharing, that kind of thing. Like it all has this sort of slow build up life. And sometimes you're gonna have stuff that, you know, in six months, you're like, this is still a flop. And if it is, it's okay. Like you can't make perfect content, just like, you know, all these artists out there who put out albums, like the pressure is high, right? For them to come up with these like hit songs. And generally speaking, they're going to put out 10 songs and two of those songs maybe are going to take off. But can you imagine, like, think about that. Think about the work that those people have put in to writing, uh, making the music for, um, recording, 
all these things for 10 songs. And of all of those hours and hours of work they have put into these songs, two of them take off. This is your life as a blogger, my friend. Own it. Just own it. Own the fact that not every single piece of content is going to be a hit it out of the ballpark piece of content. And that's okay. And it's hard to predict sometimes. So you just do it. You just do your best and you own it. Okay. This is going to be a real serious one. Okay. So pay attention to this one. You got to own up to what you are willing or unwilling to trade to get to your success story. You have to own up to what you are willing or not willing to trade to get to your success story. So much comparison happens in our industry and I am 100% guilty of it. And I 100% have to check myself on this regularly. And I want to encourage you to check yourself on this regularly. But there are a lot of people um, and a lot of success stories that you hear regularly from everywhere. And I need to reiterate that like there are people out there who have really successful businesses that have traded time, money, resources, and all kinds of stuff to reach the level of success that they're at. And they are things that you might not be willing to trade right now. That's not easy always to think about or accept. You have to remember that everyone has a different lifestyle. Everyone has a different perspective. Everyone has different resources. And your success story will be played out. And in that journey that you're going through, there's going to be times when you're not going to be willing to do certain things that other people might be willing to do. For example, there are some people who are willing to quit a full-time job because they have a, you know, like a money saving situation. Like they have like a little nest egg or whatever you want to call it of money that can float them for a little while because they quit their job and now they're doing their online business full-time and they're living off this nest egg. Now you who has this, you know, awesome career, you might be the breadwinner for the family, whatever it is, or your, your income may make a significant difference in the family's journey or life. You know, like you look at that and you're just like, I'm not willing to trade this income right now for the flexibility to work full time on this other business. And that's okay. It's perfectly fine. So if that person who quit their job, you know, has a six figure business in six months, and you're like, oh, man, don't compare yourself because realistically, like you needed the health insurance or you have something else going on where it's not the same apples to apples story. And that person was willing to trade, let's say, you know, full regular health insurance for six months to be able to block. And you might be like, whoa, 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 whoa. that's too risky for me. There's no way I would do that. And I think these are all really, really important things to call out. Because you may not be willing to, you know, basically like check out from your family for five hours a day to blog. You may not be willing to do that while someone else is. 
Um, you may not be willing to put your kids in a mommy morning out or a childcare program. I know this year has been crazy with COVID, but I'm just saying in general, like you may not be willing to do that. If you're not willing to do that, the woman beside you in your blogging group who is willing to do that is going to have more time to blog. Therefore, she may take off faster than you will. But it all comes down to what you are willing and unwilling to do. And in my blogging journey, I've had to take ownership of that because I have lots and lots and lots of successful friends. And we all started at very, very, very different points in our journeys. And we're all at different points even now. But there were like specific parts of my journey. I made a decision to have another child in the height or like where, where my blogging journey had hit its like pinnacle at the time. Um, I decided, Hey, I want to make sure, you know, like right now is a, the good, is a good time, um, in my age to have another kid. So I'm just going to lean into that go ahead and take care of that. And I got twins and not only did I get twins, but I also got a book deal at the same time. At that time, I had to start making decisions about what I was willing and not willing to do to move my business forward. I needed to own the decision to write a book. Writing a book was pretty much two years of my life between pitching, writing, manuscripts, contracts, negotiations, all of that stuff was like a two year event, right? But it's what I wanted. And so I was willing to trade doing other things in that season to pursue a book deal. While I had friends who weren't pursuing a book deal, and went and pursued other things that that helped their business grow. I owned up to the fact I owned the fact that I signed a contract that I would write that book in six months while I had newborn twins. And so I had to decide what I was willing and unwilling to do in that season. In that season I wanted to keep my newborn twins home with me and write the book. So that's what I did for that time period. I focused on writing a book and taking care of my twins. And so there were things like my blog, which was perfectly fine. It was sustained. It was bringing in the income. But, you know, there were things that I could have done on Thrifty Little Mom at that point and at that season that would have grown it faster or grown it above where it was. But I traded that for an opportunity to write a book, which was on a bucket list of my life. Like I wanted to be able to write a traditionally published book. You know, there's a lot of people who were just like, oh, I would never do that. Or like, that's not my thing. And that's perfectly okay. I own my decision to write a book. And I own my decision to have more kids. And I own the fact that those things basically became trades, right? Because when you have a new baby, you have to make trades. So all of you guys who are listening to this episode, you have recently had a kid or you are about to have a kid. It's okay. Own the decision to have some more kids in your life that's amazing but you also have to own the fact that you will be making trades like it's going to be hard sometimes to have the energy to have the strength to have the focus to write and so it may be that you're putting your blog goals off for a little while because in this particular season you are not willing to trade that time with your newborn for the blog and it's okay just own it and just understand that these different variables that we choose in these journeys towards our success stories, there's always going to be things that come along 
And by owning these decisions, owning these situations, we are empowering ourselves instead of beating ourselves up. And I want you guys to stay in a mindset of ownership because ownership is confidence. Ownership is empowerment. As we wrap up this episode, I just want to remind you, you need to own your voice, own your ideas, own your authority, own your weaknesses, own your strengths, own your topic, and own up to what you are willing and unwilling to trade in this journey. And whatever you do, just keep blogging. Hey there, if you're listening to this episode and you really, really enjoy the show and you find encouragement in it, I want to ask you to do me a huge favor. When you get a second, obviously not while you're driving, I want to ask you to let me continue to help you on your journey and support you on a regular basis through email. And to do that, um, all you need to do is text JKB123 to the number 44222. Again, that's text JKB123 to number 44222. And that is going to get you on my email list so that I can let you know when I release new episodes, as well as other really supportive blogging materials that I send through email. And as soon as you send that text, you're going to get a response. It's going to ask you just to put your email in. And when you send that in the next few hours, you should get a goodie in your email inbox that should help support you in monetizing your website. So I would love, love, love for you to do that. And I hope that you guys have a great day.